from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Hello, Piet. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm anxious, Jordan, honestly. I'm really anxious. Uh, You know, as we've seen, the live music industry is facing an unprecedented crisis. In Milwaukee, venues have been closed since March, basically all venues. Uh, and Congress is approaching a, a recess. So there's, there's discussions right now, and all the live music industry is basically watching to see if some bipartisan um, bills uh, pass. And if they don't pass, I'm terrified that we're going to lose a lot of live music venues, that the whole industry is going to just fall apart. So everyone's keeping an eye on uh, the Restart Act and the Save Our Stages Act. Uh, both are in the Senate. And then the Encores Act uh, in the House. And we're going to see if they get passed. And if they don't, I'm very, very, very worried about what's going to happen. Absolutely. And for listeners of our podcast, this is not a new subject. We've been talking about this since the creation of NEVA, the National Independent Venue Association. And we've got two members of the association joining us from the city of Milwaukee today. We're going to start off by introducing Gary Witt from the Paps Theater Group. Gary, how are you? Well, I'm pretty much exactly the same as Piet. We're... uh, now, this has been happening for quite some time now, and we had hoped for at least a little bit better certainty of what our future was. Absolutely. On Tuesday, uh, we were a part of a large number of folks all over the nation who were giving a day of action to, to focus on the Restart Act and the Save Our Stages Act. Can you tell us a little bit about these and what this means just for the industry here in the city of Milwaukee? Yeah, I think for each of the venues uh, you know, that are involved and the promoters that are involved in this, uh, it's incredibly important that the number one thing that every one of, of these groups needs is simply money. At this point in time, as Piet mentioned, we've been out of business since the 15th of March and we have zero revenue coming in. We're not a business that can open up at 25%, especially given the fact that we've seen uh, the resurgence of the virus happening uh, around the country in Florida, Arizona, and Texas in the beginning. And, uh, you know, we're dependent upon revenue coming in to be able to continue to operate our businesses. So uh, the activity of being able to provide funding at a federal level is integral to our ability to be able to survive at this point in time. Absolutely. And this action has been, you know, a, a rallying cry for venues across the nation. You mentioned so many other states that, of course, have beloved music venues in them here. We're talking about from large style all the way down to small cap rooms that make up the tapestry of music venues in the nation. Uh, another member of the Nevo Coalition, Kelsey Coffin from the Cactus Club, joins us on the podcast as well today. How are you, Kelsey? Uh, I'm in good company. I think I've fallen a similar bracket as my two friends here. Absolutely. And, and we've talked about this before, and of course, and in person just recently about what this means to pivot as a venue at this time. Um, you, you know, you mentioned to me before we started the podcast today, the kind of awe-inspiring collaboration that has kind of come out of this moment with the, the NEVA, the National Independent Venue Association. Um, people also need to just do something about this. I mean, Kelsey, you're not one to uh, sit back and let things happen. You are a doer. You are a sleeve roller-upper. And uh, I hope that maybe we could talk a little bit, too, about how easy this is for people to let their voice be heard at this moment in history. Yeah, totally. So... As I think we're all in agreement, music venues are the cultural anchors in our communities. Uh, in as little as 10 seconds, folks can log on to saveourstages.com and sign a petition. 
Um, it's really organized and efficient. Uh, for those with more time, though, we'd love if you could share your stories directly with representatives, your friends, your families, and tell folks why you care about independent music venues. Absolutely. Piet, I mean, you've written so much about this and what's at stake here. We've got people of every level, players in the game, all the way up to Justin Vernon getting involved in this effort here to make sure that people are uh, paying attention to what these bills mean. Uh, we've got some more information up on the JS Online articles now. Yeah, you can go to jsonline.com slash music to find uh, more articles about this. Uh, I had a, a big in-depth story talking to different venues, uh, venue operators about what this is all meant for them, and more details about the Encores Act, which is actually uh, co-sponsored by Ron Kind uh, from Wisconsin. Um, yeah, so take a look at jsonline.com and saveourstages.com. Please visit there. Well, don't go anywhere. We're going to continue this conversation with Kelsey Kaufman. I'm eating some chips quickly. Gary Witt <laughs> of the Passenger Group. Gary's going to talk about his up-and-coming chip business here in the city of Milwaukee. That's what up next on Tap in. Don't go anywhere. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart. And we're back. It's Tapped In. I'm Jordan Lee with Piet Levy every week talking about the music that comes into our city and the music that comes out of our city. Of course, since the pandemic began, we have not talked about music coming into our city because the music industry is upside down right now, Piet. You've been writing a lot about what's happening uh, really at a national level here. The National Independent Venue Association, a subject we have reached a number of times here on the podcast, has really been... Uh, instrumental in getting some really important bills uh, out but what the fate of those bills are we have yet to determine yeah we're waiting to see right now what's going on uh, with congress you know the, the recess is coming up uh, august 7th i mean there's there's hope that something will pass there's a lot of concern that things may not pass i mean just to bring people up to speed i mean that the live music industry is just basically dead right now i mean it's going to stand to lose about nine billion according to Polestar, if no shows return this year, which no shows are going to return this year. Um, there's three uh, pieces of legislation, all are bipartisan, two are in the Senate, uh, and one is in the House. Um, the ones in the Senate include the, the Restart Act. Um, it also includes the Save Our Stages Act. Um, and Save Our Stages Act will allow like a $10 billion grant program uh, for venue operators. Um, Restart allows like up to 90% loan forgiveness and permits a, a seven-year payback schedule. Um, and venues could, independent venues could be part of that. In the House, you've got the Encores Act, which is basically um, offering uh, refunds uh, for, for tickets that uh, weren't really used, like a tax credit refunds, basically, as long as vouchers are, are offered to. That one's actually co-sponsored by uh, Congressman Ron Kind from Wisconsin, uh, who talked to Justin Vernon, among other people, to kind of um, come up with that plan. So we're hoping that something happens because if nothing happens uh, uh, or if it's not enough, I mean, we're going to see this industry just kind of fall apart. Um, Neva has over 2,000 members. Uh, Gary Witt, who's on the call with us, is a co-founder of the organization. And not, at least 90% of the, the members of Neva report they're not going to last through the fall uh, if they don't get any sort of uh, federal aid. And the argument, of course, is that not only do people lose jobs, uh, it's a huge uh, ripple effect in terms of the economic impact. You know, these venues are really central to cultural identities for cities, but they also help drive business to area restaurants for, for cabs, for Uber drivers, for, um, you know, hotels. I mean, just oh, so many businesses uh, benefit from a show. Uh, there's a study that suggests that for every dollar spent on a ticket, there's a $12 
that are spent in the community around a show. So for this to not, these venues, this industry to not get support uh, would be really devastating. And there's, but it's it's. I'm scared that could happen because there is such a great need in the country right now. There are so many industries trying to to get that support, and I I'm scared for independent venues and and hopeful that Congress is going to do the right thing. Yeah, and absolutely, you know, Gary, we want to discuss this because, as you'd mentioned, everyone's grasping for attention right now. Many many industries are drowning in this moment in time. But, you know, Tuesday, there was some impressive support. And we know people, uh, Milwaukee to New York to L.A., expressed their uh, commitment to making sure that this is a priority. Yeah, you know, I think for us, um, you know, this has been, you know, from Easter weekend when we launched Neva, this has been a, a long battle. We've learned a lot during this battle. But right now, no matter what we've accomplished to date, whether it's it's been the million letters sent to Congress, whether it was... 1,200 artists signing a letter to Congress to implore them to pay attention to what we need. We can't feel like we've accomplished anything yet because we're really in the final stretch in our battle for survival. Uh, Without federal assistance like Encores Act, Save Our Stages Act, or the Restart Act, really 90% of the members of NEVA have basically said that they'll be forced to close forever by the fall. It, It wouldn't only be a collapse of our industry, but it would be devastating to the communities that rely on each of us on, on the, the work that Kelsey does at Cactus Club or the work that we do in the Paps Theater Group or that Leslie and Joe do at the Rave or that Peter does, does at uh, Shank Hall. What the work that we do really, as Piet mentioned, is a revenue driver for the city. It's what makes people want to come and visit our downtowns. It's what makes them go decide to go to restaurants, rent cars, stay in hotels. And it's what actually gives the city a soul and identity when you consider the dollar amounts that we spend advertising and marketing the shows that we do, if you subtract the $1.5 million that I spend marketing annually telling people to come to visit the city, you're taking out, you know, for my average Riverside show, 31% of the buyers come from the northwest suburbs of Chicago because our hotels are simply less expensive. It doesn't cost mm-hmm. $30 to park downtown. and You don't sit in a traffic jam for an hour and a half to get here you actually get to pass the cheese castle, which you don't get to do in Chicago. <laughs> Absolutely. And Gary, you mentioned something too that I think hits spot on to what's been important, which is the culture of our city. I mean, Kelsey, uh, kind of, uh, you know, these are the cultural touchstones. These are the places that define what it means to be a Milwaukeean. And we are finding some successful pivots, but these pivots are not going to uh, get venues out of the red. I mean, you've been a big champion of, of online and, and, and on-site experiences, but these are not the same as the show every single Friday night. So, Kelsey, tell me a little bit about some of the things you have been able to do and where you have seen some successes in the recent past. Um, as far as what Cactus Club has been up to, uh, we are extraordinarily thankful for community generosity, uh, as Gary outlined. We wouldn't exist presently if it weren't for the outpouring of support from individuals through our GoFundMe, um, which obviously won't keep us through the winter. That's not um, sustainable in that way. That's why we are looking for legislation to be passed for these venues. But um, amidst everything, we've been kind of shifting our model to do carryout hours for beverages and then doing a lot of virtual programming. So we've been doing film screenings, DJ sets live performances and lectures uh, through our Vimeo channel. And then with that, to support that, uh, we launched a Patreon um, that's a pay what you can. So at $5 a month, you can 
see our whole archive or catalog of online programming. Yeah, Kelsey, what I've seen at the Cactus Club is is really astounding because uh, just to let our listeners know, the Cactus Club was not eligible for any PPP loans. I mean, the, the Pap Cedar Group was and some other venues. You guys weren't because you took over as an owner uh, past kind of the deadline for eligibility and had a new LLC established. You did not benefit from a PPP as others have. And yet, there, I think this really indicates the kind of love there is for music venues. You had over $25,000 donated just from, from fans to make sure you guys could pay your bills and, and survive uh, beyond what's been going on with the Patreon account, beyond uh, what you're offering with the curbside. I think the, the fact that we're seeing that really speaks to how important the Cactus Club is to the community. And and I, my hope is that this those kinds of stories are make it their way to Congress so people can really see, realize that even a small club in Milwaukee, Wisconsin means an incredible amount to its community. And, and that's, the, that's multiplied all over this country. Totally. And so many of these clubs have decades-long histories. And for Cactus Club, uh, Eric started doing shows here in the early 90s, but because of the transfer of ownership, on paper, it looks like a new entity uh, and therefore has disqualified us uh, in the past. Yeah, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking that you haven't had that, but it's really um, uh, encouraging that you have had the support that you've had and be able to have the, you know, people kind of come through that have come through for you guys. Gary, I also wanted to ask you another question about the, uh, you know, really the nuts and bolts of this. So we want people to show support. We want people to show action. But really when it gets down to it, we probably have to look at kind of a diversity of support funding to make this last because relying on just one or two of these bills to come out the way we want them to do still doesn't really hit the end of the sheets at the end of the day. Well, uh you know, I th- you know, there are so many, as Pia mentioned, there's so many businesses right now that are across America that are impacted by COVID and that are, you know, forced to close or forced to operate at, at a level that is not sustainable for their business. So, you know, I think that, that the things that we, you know, that we have worked on at Neva to be able to, uh, you know, to bring our, our uh, ideas to the forefront, the Encores Act, the Save Our Stages Act, and the Restart Act. They're really meant to be, we'd love to have one of those passed and to be the, the bill that gets passed and moved forward. But they're also really meant to be able to be starters, to uh, to be able to inform our legislators who are faced with the daunting task of looking at every industry in America. They're meant to be able to tell our legislators what it is that our specific needs are in our industry. And then it, it's also helpful that a lot of our business, you know, which is you could closely relate our business to the service and the hospitality industry is closely related to the restaurant industry as well as some other industries in America, especially since in, in America currently over 50% of people are employed by uh, small businesses uh, in the country. And, you know, you'll find that the many of the things that are requested in Encore, Save Our Stages or Restart are things that would also assist many other uh, small businesses uh, in America. So I, I think it's important that when we look at these things, we also remember that it's not just about you know our industry, that it's about the entire industry in America of small businesses, which is really where the problem with the original PPP was. I mean, it was important that, that, uh, that our legislators come up with something quickly when the pandemic started, and they did, and they got it out there. But of course, it was revealed that the haste in getting it out created potentials where you had the local predatory payday loan center getting a PPP loan or companies that were uh, Chinese owned, as an example, outside of America getting PPP loans. 
while the restrictive nature of the PPP definition, for example, didn't allow Kelsey to have access to uh, to any of the uh, money that came from the PPP. So, you know, for us, if Congress passes these pieces of legislation or something that is inclusive of these pieces of legislation before they leave on August recess, we'll be able to return when it's safe. And once again, we can be the economic drivers for uh, for our communities. We can't put this issue on ice for when they return for the next session, and it can't become a political football that they throw back and forth because there's an election coming up. None of that matters at all. What you're talking about is the same thing when you talk about the paper mill that closed in Wisconsin. No one really looked at the paper mill and said, well, there's 900 employees at that paper mill. That's all it impacted. Nope. You impacted the loggers in northern Wisconsin who cut the trees down. You impacted the truckers who took the logs from the tree, you know, from the forest back down to the paper mills. Our industry is the exact same way. You know, the shadow falls all across the city of Milwaukee from the work that we do. And without the venues in Milwaukee doing the work that we do, it will impact business tremendously in our city. Gary, I was going to ask you, um, you know, there are these three pieces of legislation that are up for debate. I spoke with Ron Kind, uh, who co-sponsored the Encores Act. Uh, one thing that Ron Kind had said was his his feeling was that the Encores Act maybe would be an easier sell because it's a tax incentive component as opposed to an out-and-out grant program like the Save Our Stages Act. And, and obviously the Senate is so contentious right now in regards to the debates of these acts. I guess my question is... Um, you know, if if only Encore goes through theoretically, or or only you know, or kind of diluted versions of any of these kinds of legislation go through, is that going to be enough? Do you think for for venues to really survive, uh, or or are these pieces as proposed? They really need to be kind of full throttle as proposed in order for our in, the industry not to just collapse. Uh, I think it's it's extremely hard to say if a variation of any of these will uh, will in any way stop the industry from collapsing because it's also collapsing under the weight of the last five months of not having any business in play. And the way that our business works, as we all know, is that you know tours are routed across America and they take months to be put in place. So even if everything started today, we'd still be looking at two to three months from now. So you'd be talking eight months of lost business. But, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that Kind's belief and understanding of, of how his act is defined is intelligent in that it does work, you know, especially with his Republican colleagues, because they normally favor tax codes over grants and everything else is kind of focused currently on, on being a grant. So I think that there is, uh, there is an approach towards that that works um, in being viewed as something that can cross the boundaries and go uh, between Republicans and Democrats. But, uh, you know, I think, I think when you look at, uh, again, a lot of what's been proposed out there, including uh, Senator Klobuchar, you know, you're, there also is a way, I think, in each one of these three to be able to solve some of the problem uh, that was caused by just out and out unleashing the PPP across America to every business that would apply for it, who could uh, actually, uh, who could fit the needs that were uh, suggested. And I think that each one of the acts that have been that have been proposed are meant to be able to solve one of those problems, which is that they're trying to narrowly focus the money on small businesses. They want to find a way to keep the money away from large corporations, you know, whether it be large hotel chains or large uh, restaurant chains who applied and got the loans last time, to be able to have this money focused very specifically not only on 
you know, small businesses in America, but you're also talking about, you know, businesses that are owned by people of color that were ignored because they didn't necessarily have access to the same banking relationships that other people did across the country. No, I think those are all really incredible points, Gary. And uh, I just hope we can see, you know, enough of enough come together in order to, to really kind of survive, you know, for these venues to survive. Kelsey, you've gotten so much generosity from the community, but what do you, what do you feel like you need and what do you think uh, venues of, of, of the Cactus Club size need in Milwaukee in order to really kind of make it as we go into 2021 without uh, any of these venues being able to rely on their typical business model? I mean, I think venues of all scales, but specifically um, our size, are looking for support and visibility, and that comes in many forms. There's a lot of Chicago venues like The Hideout and Empty Bottle who are launching similar campaigns with T-shirts and uh, compilations and working with coffee shops and breweries trying to just basically build any sort of semblance of income to pay their weekly or monthly bills, but it's not sustainable in any sense. And that's why we're looking at this legislation as uh, hopefully the saving grace for everybody. Um, as far as Cactus Club uh, and Company Brewing and uh, the Cooperage and Peps Leader Group, we have through our social media different campaigns of small scale things that we're trying to promote to um, provide for our staff, provide for one another. So I'd say uh, follow one another's social media and just kind of pass along the word and do what you can. I would say also, look, we we became who we are, each of our, our our companies. We became who we are by being scrappy, competitive, and you know, people who don't necessarily give up easily. And uh, sometimes that challenge is is there on a, a show that you book, you know, that that or it's on getting a show, you know, or it's on finding the audience to be able to go to the show. But in this situation, this is the fight for our lives. And we're not going to be any less scrappy or any more or less aggressive in trying to find ways to survive. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think in, in our case at the Paps Theater Group, and I think it's similar with most others, look, we have to accept the fact that it was almost a blessing once we were determined and we found out that we weren't, that the shows even that we booked at Turner, that those weren't going to play. Because once it became obvious to us that our real focus wasn't booking shows anymore, which is hard to take away. It's like having a horse that runs in a race telling it not to keep running and winning. So in this situation, we had to stop the focus of our efforts of saying, we're just going to come back and do shows and say, let's take our company and remake it and the vision of what it can be without shows. So for us, that means that we still have the buildings we have. We still have the database. We have an ability to be able to take our business and remake it and rebuild it in a private events world to do things that we couldn't necessarily do before because we had 700 shows a year. So there was no way that we were going to hold that elopement on stage or there was no way that we we're going to do that wedding or that birthday event. You know, So now we're focusing a lot of our effort uh, on attempting to grow our private events business that sits itself outside of the potential of what uh, booking concerts or comedy or shows would be. And I think that's really special to acknowledge that this is this time of great experimentation as everyone transitions and tries to navigate what is safe, what is responsible, what's ethical and what's sustainable for us. Um, so I do appreciate Gary acknowledging and yeah, that we're all just kind of doing our best to reshape what a new business model looks like. Well, you guys have really been the flag wavers and arbiters of our culture here in the city of Milwaukee. So of course, when it comes down to those things, and as I said earlier, what defines being here in Milwaukee and being Milwaukeeans, 
this is absolutely, as Gary said, a fight for your life, but it's a fight for our identity as well. So we want to remind people that saveourstages.com is a first step. As, as, as Kelsey said earlier, if you want to take the 10 seconds, you can get on there. Your voice matters. And this week, as Gary was saying earlier, it matters even more. We want to make sure that we're lighting this fire as bright as we can in this moment in time as we don't know what's going to happen next. And we don't know how these things are going to get kicked around and used as political tools. But there's other action you can take right now as a Milwaukeean to support these venues, their websites. The places you love, they are doing great work right now. And we implore all of our listeners to get up and do something, roll your sleeves up, take some action, and let's make sure that we keep our culture alive here in the city of Milwaukee. Gary, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's always great to have you on here. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Piet. And Kelsey, we want to thank you as well for all that you're doing and for joining us on Tap In today. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We remind you, Tapped In is available every week wherever you find your podcasts. Of course, Piet and I can't do this without your support. Our members and our subscribers keep our content alive, and we thank you for doing what you do for us. We also thank Kenny Perez, our executive producer of Tap In, and the License Lab providing us with our handcrafted sonic inspiration. Piet, I will see you next time for Tap In. Thanks, Jordan. See you next time. <laughs>